Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Will. I'm Brian. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from generic gems to general geography. And today we're covering Giants again. Part 2. Let's go. Hey, Brian. Will, this is it, man. This is it, probably. <laughs> My big guys. <laughs> the big guys. The last of the big guys. It's Giants 2, the it's, sequel to Giants. It's true. <laughs> Giants again. Giants, but again this time. So, as I've said before in the show, there are six types of so-called true giants. Mm-hmm. Storm, cloud, fire, frost, stone, and hill. Don't forget about giant Captain Planet. That too, and we've covered all powers s- combined, and we've covered all six this year, along with quite a few giant kin, mm-hmm. and even the pantheon of giants. And we even touched on fear bulgs. Indeed, we did, and or fur bulgs, and and uh, and uh, I, I want to say gargoyles, but it's the other guy, Fomorians. Fomorians, yeah. the uh, no, the uh, the the giant kin, but they're not really uh, Goliaths. Oh yeah, and, I mean uh, we those barely, guys. we kind of barely touched on. Yep, those, we grazed yeah, them. We, we did. just got a little cheese off the top. <laughs> but what if I told you there were quite a few more types of full-blooded giants that haven't quite made it into fifth edition yet? Oh, what if you told me that? <laughs> giants said to not be related to Anam in any way, and ones not inspired by the Jotuns of Norse mythology. Oh shoot! What the hell? <laughs> well, today we're covering six of those kinds of giants. Okay, nice. Desert, jungle, mountain, reef, fog, and death giants. <laughs> <laughs> the in-between giants, the giants that were birthed from the plains rubbing together, or fucking whatever. Yeah, sure. Okay, there actually are even more than that, but these six have the most written about them, and the others seem to get further and further away from what uh, commonly is associated with giants. So without further ado, let's dive into these lesser-known peoples of giant kind. Okay. <laughs> Splash. Indeed. Swan dive into the next giant of your life. <laughs> so quite a few of the giants we were talking about today are categorized in the Forgotten Realms uh, setting as Zakarin giants, 
We talked very briefly about Zakara in the Rock and Periton episode. Yes. But as a reminder, it is, land, it is a land far, far to the southeast of Faerun. It is so far away in Separato, I'd actually almost categorize it as its own setting. A sort of swords and sandals, adventures of the Far East feel. And the first giant we are covering today falls into the Zakaran category. The Desert Giant. Cool. Earth and fire combined. <laughs> so desert giants were once numerous in the scrub plains and deserts of the land, but they have at some po- point fallen victim to a divine curse, which transforms them slowly but inexorably into stone. Okay. Now they wander the desert in the company of their cattle and their mounts, their great civilization long since vanished under the sands. Can't the same kind of be said about a stone giant, like how they turn to, like their carcass That's turns after to- they die. These guys slowly turn into stone while they're alive. Yeah, but like when you think about it, it's a bit, I don't know, because like you're, they're you're slowly cursing, turning into their stone. Their curse is killing them, is the idea. Yeah. Well, the okay, stone yeah. giants live a really long time and then they die and then turn into stone. Feels These like guys it. would live a long time, but instead only live like half their lifespan because they're slowly fossilizing. Are you saying that their like legs get stuck to the ground and they're like wiggling around up top like one of those fucking uh, one of those balloon dudes outside of a car dealership? <laughs> no, I think it's a more general widespread fossilization, like, not localized. Well, there's my there's my first kidneys gone to stone. <laughs> so the weathered and craggy faces of the desert giants are are scored with wrinkles from their stone transformation. Even the youngest of desert giants are somewhat wrinkled. Their dark hair and skin make their blue eyes stand out in a stark contrast. However, it is considered a clear sign of impending fossilization when the eyes of a desert giant begin to turn from blue to brown. Uh-oh. The typical desert giant is 17 feet tall. Ooh, that's and big. weighs about 7,000 pounds. Okay. Uh, though fossilizing giants may weigh twice that. Despite their shortened lifespans, desert giants still may live up to 400 years old. Yeah, wow, that's a long time. Indeed. For the most part, desert giants are nomadic herdsmen and are rarely found far from their herds. They wander hundreds of miles following the rains with their herds. When the rains fail, the scrub withers and the herds and their giants starve. Oh, damn. (laughs) You're going to turn to stone a little early there. Yeah. This has led to a take-whatever-I-can mentality. As such, desert giant herds have been known to be responsible for stripping entire river valleys bare for fertile areas, and they do not reimburse farmers or herdsmen on the edge of those territories for any damage they might do. <laughs> That's a weird way to write that, the reimbursement, like yeah. writing it like that, like as if the farmers are out there like, you owe me $5 for taking this carrot out of the ground. Well, I think it's more along the lines of like, you're fucking, you guys like destroyed by crop. I have nothing. Like I'm going to, I'm going to starve now. I'm going to like, I have no money. Sounds like a personal problem. I mean, 17, you're going to argue with the 17 exactly. foot tall dude? You're, you're fucking not. No. <laughs> they, uh, they see the lands as theirs for the taking, and they make no apology for overgrazing or even grazing their herds on crops. Uh, few sultanates have the strength of arms to attempt to force them off cropland. Most instead attempt to lure the desert giants away with promises of employment as mercenaries. Some will promise riches, rich gifts of salt, cloth, spices, and metal if only the desert giants will return to the empty quarters of the, of the desert. You remember Cabbage Salesman from Last Airbender? Yes, I do. Uh, that would be a fun uh, plot thread My for him. Cabbages. Yeah, that's like yeah. one one instance of uh, his cabbages being destroyed is that his uh, a desert giant came and took them all. Yeah, I, I really like the the nod in um Cora. Cora, it's my cabbage core yeah that's so great it was a, that was it and then they that dropped it, it. yeah it and perfect. that's all that's all we needed that's the right amount of spice Indeed. you don't want to overseason so back to giants uh-huh it is not uncommon in times of need for young males among the desert giants to take up mercenary work and use the money they obtain to support their entire tribe if a drought goes on for years more and more giants are driven into cities looking for such work and desert giants are notoriously fierce and intimidating warriors 
Desert giants fight while mounted when they can, though steeds of a size that suit them are very rare. Battle mounts include gigantic lizards, gargantuan insects, and even rocks. Remember we told you giants ride rocks sometimes? Yes, they do. Which that, that's fucking terrifying. The bird rocks. Yeah, the bird rocks. <laughs> it's not just a rock. <laughs> or it's not just a boulder, it's a rock. <laughs> Some desert giants took service as bodyguards and mercenaries with the most powerful of sultans. Uh, the sight of a squad of desert giants wheeling about in preparation for a charge has caused more than one desert legion to break and run. Hell yeah. Yeah, because it's terrifying. <laughs> Can you imagine being up on like a sand dune looking over like the, the horizon mm-hmm. and just seeing this dust cloud come up? Yeah. Fucking, <laughs> fucking five 17 des- tall, foot tall dudes just like riding in on some lizards. Yeah, giant lizards or giant insects. <laughs> like I'm done. Like I did not get paid enough for this. There's one on a bird. You fucking hear some fucking metal guitar like ripping off in the, in the <laughs> yeah, distance. I like we got to get out of here. <laughs> it's the big guys. So, desert giants do not hurl rocks. Indeed, they wander many areas where there is often no ready supply of boulders and besides carrying around such heavy objects in the scorching desert would tire even the strongest nomadic giant. However, they do make large throwing spears from wood they find when they pass near jungle lands. These spears are kept and cherished as heirlooms over generations. Some desert giants are gifted with the magical ability to call back their ancestors from stones. These particularly gifted among the desert giants are called sand shifters because of the way the summoned giants throw aside the sand when they rise again. Oh, shit. Sand shifters are not necessarily priests or mages. They tend to have no other special spell abilities. The summoned ancestor giants crumble back to rock and powder when slain. Desert giants gifted in this way can summon 2 to 20 stony mounts for their elders to ride into battle. That's What the hell? This one person is just massively powerful. Hold on, let me summon a fucking stone army of giants in their mounts. Yeah, like, uh, are you just a necromancer? What are you? (laughs) Yeah, I guess you are. A a stonermancer? I don't know. Stonermancer. They're smoking that good kush. So finally, so hold on. I want to yeah. go back to a, pre- a previous okay. paragraph okay, where yeah. you. This one starts with the sentence, and it shocked me into silence for like the desert giants do not hurl rocks. Yes, I, I, was, I was waiting for a reaction, and I, didn't I get was one. just taken aback at yeah. that. I was waiting for like a. Like They're a, one of the few that don't throw rocks, and it makes sense. Like Adam was like, "No rocks for you." There's no. There's probably less uh, less boulders in the desert to throw in the sandy dunes, you know. Yeah, and, and if you have one, well, what are you going to do? Just carry it around? You're a nomad. Like, you're fucking constantly walking. Right. Like, a hill giant can just pick up a fucking rock off the yeah. side of the hill. And most giants don't really move around a lot. When we, like, when we're talking about the first six, like, they have homes and they yes. stay there. These yeah. guys are always on the move, so. Yeah, they need to be forced to, like, leave. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, yeah. So, finally, desert giants' skin is so similar to sand and rock that they can camouflage themselves very effectively if nice. given time to prepare. This ability allows them to ambush foes and preys, prey alike. Everybody get ready for me to reference the Hunger Games game. Yeah, I was, yeah, oh, yeah. It's Peter from the Hunger Games. Yeah, I did it. All right, let's move on. Move on. Okay. That's it for Desert Giants. Any questions? Uh, no. Well, like, yes. What, why is this guy so powerful where he can summon two to 20? Like, what? Is it his age? He's nope. like, I'm about to turn to nope. sand. And, like, I have more power. Nope. So now I can do 20? Nope. Children can do it. Children can do it's it. It's just random. Okay. Uh, it's like one in 30 or can do this. It's just, like, sort of there are, like, powerful sword fighters born once a generation or whatever. Yeah, or it's like Avatar where it's like uh, benders get born. Yeah, I was trying to avoid another Avatar reference, but here we are. But it's like that. Yeah. Okay, so uh, if you're ready, we're moving on to Jungle Giants. Jungle Giants play the nastiest game of basketball. They have... What? Like Jungle Ball. (laughs) What's that? 
There's no rules. You just there. You can like travel and like grab people and stuff. I've never heard of this, but damn it. Okay. <laughs> jungle giants are another member of the Zakaran giant family, native as their name would imply to the jungles of Zakara. A strictly carnivorous people, jungle giants are a terror to all the animals of the tropical forest. They are great hunters and stalkers, able to clear huge tracts of forest of all game and before moving on. Jungle giants make the best booze. They just throw uh, whatever they got into um, into like a big bucket with ice and some Hawaiian punch and they call it a day. What? Did that one land? No, what is a that? A jungle juice, Will? No, no. My heard God. Of that. Okay, I'm going to get one. I don't know what jungle juice is, but. It's just you throw a bunch of stuff in. Uh-huh. It's alcoholic. Don't okay. worry. Just just keep cool. Moving on. Notes. Typical ju- jungle giant stands 18 feet tall. That's tall. Yet it's weighs. One foot taller than the desert giant. It is. Yet weighs only 3,000 pounds, being thinner and lighter than most giants. They have hollow bones. No, but okay. <laughs> they're just lean. All right. Uh, female jungle giants are generally taller than their male counterparts, cool. being both thin and very tall jungle giants easily blend into the vertical landscape of the tropical forest. Mm. Their wavy hair is pale green, and their skin is a rich, muddy yellow like sunlight on the forest floor. They rarely wear more clothing than strictly necessary as they prefer complete freedom of movement when hunting. <laughs> many groups many groups of jungle giants use ritual tattooing, colorful feather headdresses, and even file teeth to display their fierceness to others. Nice, okay. And when stalking dangerous and wary game, they are known to sometimes camouflage themselves with mud sticks and leaves in such a way as to be nearly imperceptible when standing still. They're just banana hammocking it around. I guess so. They can live to be 200 years old, which is a very, very uh, short amount of time for a giant. Yeah. How long do other giants live? I'm sure we covered that, but like. I think hill giants were the least long lived of the true giants we talked about this year, and they were like 250 years old. Okay. So this, yeah, this 200 number is significantly less. It's the lowest. I wonder if it's the, so they're lean. I wonder if it's the meat, all meat diet. Yeah. Maybe it's just the rough life in the jungle, but uh, who's to say? Mm. But. But yeah, maybe it's all meat diet. They all get, um, what's that? Gout. They all get gout and die. <laughs> they all die of scurvy. <laughs> that too. It takes 200 years to set in, but they die of it. They become jungle trees. Maybe they're trees. so yellow because they're jaundiced. From <laughs> I love this. <laughs> the just, malnutrition. These jungle giants need a dietitian. This jungle giant. Somebody's like, you guys need to eat fruit. It's everywhere. They're like, No. Only bugs. Only me. Only, only warthog. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so jungle giants tend to carry everything they need with them. Tools for making and maintaining their weapons. Fire starters, tinder, and spare bits of leather and sinew used to repair clothing. They also carry all their valuables, and every adult jungle giant carries a quiver of arrows. Cool. Okay. Jungle giants speak their own language, and the languages of tribes of nearby humans and humanoids. Makes sense. So yeah. is that like a mark of, um, of adulthood as you get your quiver? Probably. It doesn't say anything about a bow. <laughs> You didn't. <laughs> you just didn't. start throwing darts. You just start chucking them. <laughs> Jungle giants prefer to take their prey from ambushes, firing their bows. Oh, there, there it is. From the treetops and then swinging down sturdy branches or thick ropes to finish off their prey. Horrifying. Can yeah. you imagine getting ambushed by this dude? <laughs> yeah. He's fucking camoed in like naturally. <laughs> yeah. And then his just banana hammock, leg spreaded, <laughs> vine swinging ass comes down and chops you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, a group of them, because they do this in groups. Yeah. They're, you're getting ambushed. They're, like, they're 18 feet tall. That's so tall. First, you have to process all the nudity. Then you have to process <laughs> that you're getting attacked. 
So that's for sure going to be a surprise round. Yeah, I know it's not official rules, but it, yeah. this time probably going to want to consider it. They have absolutely no compunctions about a- eating any form of meat, mammal, reptile, amphibian, or avian. Mm. They know how to stock, kill, and prepare everything from eggs to full-grown animals and from scavengers to predators. Their village reflects this carnivorous tendency. The huts are made. Their huts are made from wooden posts with roofs of greased animal hides stitched together with intestines. The smell of smoking meats and butchery hang in the air, and huge quantities of dragonflies and other insects swarm around their villages. I can see like a uh, somebody studying these jungle giants, being like, "Look, if it's a, it's called a jackfruit. Tastes just like meat." Mm-hmm. And they're like, "No, yeah, <laughs> no, absolutely, not. it's definitely not meat." Despite their grisly and fierce lifestyle, jungle giants are actually friendlier than most other races of giants, and they will often cooperate with human jungle tribes on hunts. That's funny. That's kind of how I was picturing it. Yeah. But um, <laughs> The giants provide strength and raw power, and the humans provide the numbers and skill to drive animals into ambushes. Still, jungle giants do tend to think of most creatures as prey, but those they accept as fellow hunters they respect as equals regardless of their size. Although they much prefer the jungle terrain they know so well, there are times when they are forced to leave the trees for the savannah when their numbers become too great to survive in the jungle. They think nothing of eating every snake, antelope, cat, warthog, ostrich, and elephant they come across. Damn, I fucking nailed it with the warthog You did, you did. Jungle giants on the savannah will often return to the forest, though, because their great height makes stealthy hunting difficult for them on open ground. Being tall. Nobody talks about the downside of being tall. There's a lot of upsides. I know, right? (laughs) So any questions about jungle giants? Uh, no, that covered it pretty thoroughly for oh, yeah? me. That's that's fun. Like that would be a cool. Um, like you see something moving in the jungle. Like you don't expect to see a seventeen foot, foot tall, tall anything yeah, in the jungle. It's true. You don't. Except for trees. Yeah, which is what they're disguised as half the time. Perhaps a waterfall. Indeed. Okay. All right. Let's take a short rest. Oh, <laughs> let's do it. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify. 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Hey, everybody, be sure to check out Super, Super Quest, Quest Saga. Saga, a future fantasy 5th edition D&D actual play podcast home brewed and dungeon mastered by yours truly, me, and set in space. And I play in it, along with your special guest, Jake, and friend of the show, Josh Freeland. You can find it on YouTube, iTunes, or anywhere else you can get your podcasts. Super Quest Saga. We've returned. Indeed we have. We're back, and we're bigger than ever. Uh, yeah, I think 18 <laughs> feet per year. Not bigger than ever, because uh, storm giants are like... I'm talking about us, dude. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're sure. giants. We are we're, We are now very big. We're big. We're giant nerds. <laughs> Indeed we are. So let's talk about reef giants. Cool. Reef giants are the final Zakaran giant we are talking about today. They are an aquatic people, making their homes amongst bountiful reefs and deserted islands in the Zakaran seas. Reef giants are typically 16 feet tall and weigh 4,000 pounds. They have burnished coppery skin and pale white hair. They are barrel-chested and powerfully muscled from the exertion of forcing their huge bodies through water. They are known to wear skins or garments garments made of braided hair when ashore, but swim wearing no more than a belt for knives and pouches. Uh, reef giants can live to be 600 years old. Wears skins or garments made of braided hair? What the fuck is this? He just put something. They just put something together when they know other people are going to see them. When they're in the water, they're nude. Yes. Okay. So they're extremely tan. Yeah. Very tan. All right. Everywhere. Very, very copper. No tan lines. Oh, you're looking. Are you looking at one? No. Oh, okay. Are they though? I'm picking. Yeah, might, they, they are. Probably are. Yeah, right? absolutely. You yeah. should pull up an image of one. Makes sense to me. They're very buff too. They're extremely, yeah, extremely barrel buff. chested. Yeah, yeah. All the cardio from the swim swam. Yeah, sure. So reef giants are the loners of giant kind, although they often live in remarkably well-appointed underwater mansions that seem to be no more than huts when viewed from the outside. The nice. Man- the mansions of reef giants are sometimes built into the hill and gorges of the islands, and they are always stocked with furniture and decorations collected over generations. Mm. These mansions are passed on from one giant to another. The eldest daughter is generally reared to provide for her parents as they grow old and is usually given the mansion and all its goods upon their death. Okay. These well-dowered daughters are the objects of much competition between reef giant suitors, each of whom seeks to prove themselves to the new mistress of the mansion and undo their competitors by any means available. See a couple of a uh, couple of dude giants just you know doing the the, the breaststroke, just uh-huh. being like, 
yeah, Rebecca, oh, she got a she got a big house. Oof. I'm gonna try it out. I'm gonna try it out. I want to sit in that waterproof underwater sofa. <laughs> so, diving, surfing, and fishing competitions are common in reef giant courtship. When their male children reach puberty, they're sent out on their own to seek an island or reef habitat to make their own. Reef giants are often solitary for long periods of time, although they mate for life. This is kind of like the jungle giant where they uh, there's too many numbers. It sounds like they got to send people away. Yeah, kind of. Like not enough Which environment. Which I think should be common people. for giants in general because giants are big. So like exactly. the environment can't really sustain a lot of them. Exactly. Yeah. So reef giants are scavengers who fish and forage coral reefs for 100 different sources of food. Mm-hmm. They can net entire schools of fish. And as accomplished divers, they can retrieve hordes of pearls, sponges, and coral. Their enormous strength allows them to swim for hours at a time without tiring. In this way, reef giants can amass huge amounts of goods to trade for other items. Though some reef giants choose to become sailors, their huge mass limits them to only the largest of vessels. Yeah, I was about to ask, like, what fucking boat is handling, like, more than one of these guys? Very few, very few boats. That's going to be a cool catamaran situation where he's, like, kind of riding at, like, a surfboard. Almost. Or it's like water roller skates made of two catamarans. <laughs> yeah, sure. <clears throat> Wild. Okay. So some roof giants keep flocks of goats or sheep on their island homes, but these giants are generally elderly and not as capable of forging uh, successfully. So that's their fallback. Oh, yeah. Okay. This is re- reminding me with every sentence uh, of the Odyssey for some reason, but that's a Cyclops. That is a Cyclops. But it just reminded me a lot of that for some yeah, reason. Yeah, I, I think. At first I, think, I was like, if th- that thing could swim like these guys, then Odysseus would be, be fucked. Yeah, it's true. Jinx. So, <laughs> Do you want me a Coke? Sure. I'll go grab one from downstairs after this. Okay. <laughs> Touche! (laughs) Reef giants frequently enter into contracts or trade agreements with humans and other mercantile races. In exchange for pearls and other valuables from the sea, they are given cloth, sweets, and metal goods. The reef giants' willingness to plunder the sea has actually made them the enemies of other uh, aquatic races like merfolk, tritons, and other ocean-dwelling races. That fucking tracks 100% Because they just eat and take too much. Yeah, dog. They're like, yo, we got to share. They're so big and strong, too. that's true. So any questions about reef giants? Nah. You'll notice you'll notice that there's less and less info as we keep going cuz like less and less is written. So um, Okay. Yeah, we're going to start burning through these giants pretty quick. You ready? Yes. Next up we have mountain giants. Mountain giants are one of the two offshoot true giants we are covering today. Mountain giants are descended from hill giants and Fog Fog giants, giants, who we will detail uh, out next, are an offshoot of cloud giants. Both breeds broke off from their ancestors in the aftermath of civil wars that occurred thousands of years ago. Civil wars between giants? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But because they can still trace their lineage back to Anim and Athea, both of these rogue breeds are still considered true giants. Okay. Okay. So mountain giants are huge humanoids that live in remote mountain caverns, standing 14 feet tall and weighing 2,000 pounds. Mountain giants are impressive foes. They greatly resemble hill giants. Their skin color is a light tan to reddish brown with straight black hair. The males have heavy beards but no mustaches, and they have large pot bellies. They are typically clothed in rough hides or skins and carry huge clubs as weapons. Okay. The stale reek of a mountain giant can be detected several hundred feet downwind. Dude, there's so there's more more and more. They're not okay. They're few and far between. Uh-huh. But there are monsters in this game with stink so incredibly powerful. <laughs> yeah. That you can smell. This is far away. <laughs> yeah, that's a long way away. away. Yeah, yeah, that's true. What? But I mean, hill giants smell too. Why These guys are related. Have to smell so bad. I don't know, man. <laughs> well, I guess the trade-off is taverns smell pretty good, right? Like I mean, whoever's cooking food in there typically. But it also smells like like a bunch of fucking sweaty people. 
Yep. Oh, D&D smells bad. Indeed. All right. The home of a family of mountain giants is often in a large rock cavern in a mountain. Frequently, they there are unexplored passages leading out of the giant's home and deeper into the earth as they rarely have any interest in anything beyond their cavern home. But since they tend not to fully explore all the back tunnels, nasty things from the underground have been known to attack and devour sleeping giants. Mm. So they aren't the smartest bunch. No. No. The females and young are rarely seen since they stick close to the cavern. Mountain giants are polygamous, usually one female living with several males. Three quarters of the young are male, which accounts for their low population. That and the monster ambushes probably play a part too. Okay. The ones coming up from, you know, their, the back of their caverns. Yeah. Yeah. While only <laughs> one family is found in a given lair, several families make up a loose tribe scattered over a mountain or range. Each tribe has a shaman as its leader. They preside over the extremely rare gatherings of the tribe and counsel those willing to travel to talk to them. The shaman always lives alone, though some are powerful enough to live with a group of summoned monsters for protection. Okay, cool. So, like, every, every mountain town needs uh, one local mountain giant to, like, Hold up that underdark patch, you know. Like yeah, if he can get him to do it, like monsters. the whole thing is that like they're too lazy and dumb to like deal with it. It's just like every once in a while, though. like we lose Jeff or Jeff's son or Jeff's brother. Like he dies. Yeah, because a monster comes up from behind in their cavern and grabs one of them and drags them deep into the earth. And then they're like, you're Jeff now. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, I guess I'm Jeff now. <laughs> Shit. And he has to sit where Jeff sat. And exactly. eventually he'll be he'll be plucked like yes. low hanging fruit that he is. Exactly. All right. I get you. All right. I was so confused for a second. <laughs> I was like, what? 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 All right. <laughs> mountain giants are foragers and hunters. Their favorite food is mountain sheep. They also eat nuts, tubers, and other edible mountain plants. Uh, sorry. What's a tuber? Uh, tuber is kind of like. Um... <sighs> How do I explain a tuber? To the internet. They look kind of like a root. Oh, yeah, there it is. It's almost like a potato. Yeah, there we go. All right. Okay. Um, <laughs> nothing normally hunts mountain giants, but as I said before, sometimes they pick the wrong cave in which to set up housekeeping. Mm. They're known to possess high olf- olfactory senses, allowing them to track down and te- detect both prey and enemies through means of smelling. Yeah, because they're letting off fucking smoke signals. They're <laughs> raising their pitties up and right. you know, letting the wind carry them to their, their their friends. Indeed. Since these giants are neither good nor evil, it is possible to set up peaceful relations with them. However, they are suspicious of and reluctant to deal with outsiders. And when attacking, mountain giants are rarely known to use any form of tactical planning, deceit, or ambushing maneuvers. Rather, they prefer to the straightforward approach of tossing down massive boulders at their foes from afar and rarely taking cover while doing so. When fighting close quarters, they are known to use enormous clubs the size of logs or tree limbs. This all makes sense. Mm-hmm. I love uh, picturing giants with like the tree uprooted that still has all its yeah. like, roots on it. That's definitely this guy for and sure. Smack you and like it's a dirt explosion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Gol- Goliath is has a lot in common with this, like the mountain dwelling sort of. Uh, kind of well, the, kind of Goliath's more nomadic but they yeah they and they're, like in the they're really they have right? a whole culture around based around athleticism right like com- competition yeah okay <clears throat> so next up we're talking about fog giants so fog giants as I said before are the cousins of the cloud giants these large and burly rock hurlers might seem unrefined and unintelligent by comparison with their loftier and more luxurious cousins but they are more intelligent cunning and stealthy than portrayed in story or song what is fog but diluted clouds? Sure. 
Just real low clouds. Just real spread out clouds. Yeah. Fog giants stand about 24 feet tall. Shoot! <laughs> With tree trunk sized legs and overdeveloped arms strengthened by constantly throw, constant throwing games and exercises. Nice. Okay. They have milky white. eyes save lives. Indeed. They their have own mil- lives. <laughs> they have milky white skin, which aids their natural ability to blend into fog and silvery white hair, white flowing hair. They grow no facial hair, though they have ample hair on their arms, legs, and chest. They prefer, okay. <laughs> they prefer to wear no armor, relying on their natural resilience instead. They notably very commonly wield massive ornate clubs made from bleached and, or, and polished wood or bone. Don't let this baby face fool you, baby. I'm a man from the neck down. It's true. <laughs> okay. Fog giant clans live in caves, canyons, or thickets in the most inaccessible areas of marshes, forests, or coasts. Thickets. <clears throat> Access to their cave... Caves and regular hunting camps are often protected by uh, deadfalls of rocks or logs, which can be released by carefully thrown rock at the first sign of an attack against them. Yep. Because of their size, fog giants consume a large quantity of food and require considerable territory per hunting group to support themselves. The, the giants will often place territorial markers of boulders and logs to define the boundaries between their hunting territories. They do not look kindly on anyone who tears down or removes these markers. Ooh, mm-hmm. campaign thread. <clears throat> yeah. Their regular pathways are hard to hide and are instead also trapped with deadfalls of rocks and logs to discourage trespassing. So they see. they they protect their territory and they protect their camp. This like, is as easy as like picking the wrong uh, trail to, to scale this mountain. Exactly. Yikes. So fog giants are proud of their strength and fighting skills, often playing games when on hunting forays and attempt to best one another. Their favorite such game is called Copsy or Copsy. I'm not sure how that's pronounced. C-O-P-S-I. <clears throat> and consists of giants pairing off to toss larger and larger boulders to their partners until one of the pairs misses its throw. Fog giants, being territorial and a bit xenophobic, tend not to do uh, not to do social or economic bonds with other creatures or races. Like, so they don't really like talking to other people. Yeah. Although they can be persuaded to perform services for a fee or barter goods with groups of similar alignment every once in a while, with the most likely factor being if you have refined silver to trade. Uh, fog giants treasure silver above all other valuables. Okay. Yeah, it's just their I mean, thing. Silver is good yeah. for lots of stuff. Yeah, they're super into silver. All right. Territorial disputes sometimes flare up between groups of fog giants from different tribes slash families, especially in times of bad hunting. Friendly disputes can sometimes be resolved by a game of copsy or an arm wrestling match. Fog giants actually fighting amongst themselves will generally throw rocks and fist fight rather than use swords. Copsi. Copsi. We said it wrong. It doesn't matter how we say it. No, it doesn't. Fog (laughs) giants are fond of all sorts of cooked meats, particularly hoofed creatures such as horses, cows, deer, elk, and centaur. Okay. One of those things is not like the other. (laughs) 100%. That is correct. Or, you know, maybe centaur. Um, they often cook meat by building a large fire, then impaling chunks of meat on their swords and holding them over the open flame. Fog giants prefer fruits and sweets for dessert and will also down large quantities of spirits if available to them. They do not distill their own spirits or liquor. They also sometimes smoke fresh milkweed pods in wooden pipes, though the taste is too bitter for humans to enjoy. Mmm. That dank dank. <laughs> Can you, you, you pick up... Uh, you see something like foraging in the woods. Mm-hmm. Oh, a big, oh, a big horse. Excellent. And you grab it. And it's like, I'm not a horse. I'm like, <laughs> it's too late. Don't care. And he's like, wait, you're not a horse. Well, I can't let the meat go waste. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then they just they gain they a taste. They develop a taste for yeah, it. Yeah. That was the end of that. So, stupid giant. <laughs> by tradition, a young male fog giant may not mate until he has obtained at least one large ornament of silver. 
Usually the young giant joins with several others in a quest to find one or acquire <laughs> enough treasure to buy one. What was your giant at the sits at the back of the cave? Uh, Jeff. Jeff. Uh, all right, Jeff, you've lived pretty long, man. It's time to get you laid. <laughs> Silver quest. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so any questions about fog giants? You get down the mountain, there's a merchant right there with silver. He's like, oh, that wasn't hard. All right. No. Uh, <laughs> now are you ready for my favorite giant of today? Yeah. The best giant. The best giant? The worst giant. The worst giant? Both. Death giants. Death giants. So Death Giants are a fourth edition special deluxe original. <laughs> special deluxe original, <laughs> a.k.a. the Big Death. They, <laughs> they do what 4E did best in both being completely divorced from anything that came before <laughs> it and by being steeped in Shadowfell lore. Fuck these, your lore, Mom. I'm doing my own lore. <laughs> these guys are needlessly edgy, and I love them. <laughs> <laughs> these are Shadowfell Giants? These are Shadowfell Giants. Yeah. So Death Giants are known for one thing and one thing only, harvesting souls. What? <laughs> <laughs> Trapping those it slays in a shroud of moaning spirits from which it draws power and sustenance. What? <laughs> <laughs> death giants and their larger cousins, the Death Titans, are giants that relocated to Shadowfell where they evolved into the soul-eating horrors they are today. Oh my god, this should have been in the Halloween spectacular. <laughs> it should have been. They have few remaining ties to their original roots and seldom associate with other kinds of giants. Sure, yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> death giants stand around 50 feet tall. So pretty short, actually. For a giant. And weigh yeah. around 2,000 pounds, which is small for giants, so powerful. Mm -hmm. But their lore somewhat explains this. They have dark gray or black skin and can not grow hair on their heads or body. Unlike most giant species, they have pointed ears. Their nails grow into ra uh, ragged claws, and they have very sharp teeth. The souls they control manifest as thin clouds of fog around them, filled with faces screaming in torment. Kind of stepping on the fog giant's territory. Right yeah, there, a little, a little bit, bit, but they do a little bit better. Um, my fog is a fucking ghost. My fog is like a hundred ghosts. <laughs> my fog is legion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so long ago, a race of giants came to the Shadowfell intent on conquest. Like their counterparts in the natural world and the Feywild, they believed that they should be masters of all they surveyed. In short order, they conquered the creatures that claimed the Shadowfell and enslaved them, bending their subjects to their will. The giants constructed mighty cities and fortresses, expanding their holds far and wide. In the end, what defeated the giants was not a rebellion, but rather the plane itself. Something about the Shadowfell's nature eroded the giants' ability to sustain themselves. Not long after their first cities were completed, the giants found themselves fading. Unable to halt the progression of this affliction, the giants turned to shadow to bind them to the plane. Sure. Through reckless use of dark rituals, they discovered mortal souls could slow the decay and allow them to remain in place. <laughs> okay. Driven by fear, they gorged themselves on the souls of their slaves. The process transformed, twisted, and corrupted them until they left behind any meaningful rationale for their rule other than the dictates of the seed of evil that had awakened within them. Their orgy of destruction wiped out most of their servants. The few survivors fled. The giants lost sight of the glory they had hoped to achieve and wallowed in the shadows that took hold of their hearts. Their cities fell into ruin, their fortresses crumbled, and the giants themselves became wretched creatures, beings whose cruelty has become legendary. Death giants still layer in the ruins of their once great cities or in lonely keeps deep in the shadow. They subjugate lesser creatures such as Shadow Kai, Dark Ones, or Shadowborn Ogres and Trolls, consuming the souls of their servants unless provided with suitable alternatives. Anyway, this entire origin story gives me a very strong Dark Crystals vibe, which I don't know if you've ever seen Dark Crystal. I have seen. It's a movie? It's a movie and it's a show. But the show is the prequel to the movie. Okay. And so the show's new. The movie's back from the early 80s, I think. All right. I'm, I'm looking it up. Oh, yeah. Okay. I've seen it. I've not seen this movie, but I know I've seen the images of yeah. this movie. Both you know the movie I mean? and the show are absolutely incredible. 
Like, yeah. They're so good. There's, it looks like there's a lot, and I mean a lot, of puppet work. Oh, yeah. No, they, they're not making a second season because it was so expensive. Because it was exclusively yeah. puppet work. Those guys yeah. are probably hard to come by these days. Yeah. It, it's a fantastic show, though. But basically, the being bad guys, the Skeksis, they, like, eat the essence of their servants, and oh, they're kind of ruining the world. These vulture-looking things? Yeah. Are they... Um, is this claymation or is it puppets? No, it's puppets. Wow. Yeah. It's like the older stuff looks like this Netflix adaptation looks like it could be CGI. Like they've lit everything. No, really it's well, all puppets. Or like enhanced yeah. it visually. Yeah, yeah they but, have. Though. Wow. That's cool. This looks yeah. pretty The original movie is dope. You should definitely check out the original movie. If somebody cares enough to use fucking puppets for their imagery. Yeah. Well, I think The Dark Crystal was like Jim Henson's, like that was his. Oh, his, no shit. His is work Jim of Henson love. production? Yeah. That was like, that was the thing he always wanted to do. Like. I can't believe he got a greenlit because, like, if you watch that movie, it's bizarre, but it's an amazing movie. Whatever, like, uh, Jim Jim Henson uh, isn't necessarily, like, normal in yeah. my yeah. book, but so like, that's, that's that not a bad thing. Dark Crystal was Henson's passion project. Wow, yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting fun fact, not yeah. D&D related, that Indeed. I really love. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to say something about the orgy of destruction again, but I lost it. Uh, <laughs> I kind of, like, I, I powered <laughs> through that because I was like, don't let him get the joke in, just keep going. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to save it, but then you hit me with this Dark Crystal stuff, really derailed me. It's going to be something about bedtime story, and don't listen to the dark orgy if you hear it in the night, just like cover your pillow around your ears. <laughs> so death giants hunt living creatures in their native of Shadowfell in the natural world they prefer to den in hollows below mass graveyards and empty mausoleums or ne- necropoli um, is that and- a fallout boy lyric what so just oh, kidding just keep going and other places where the veil between the world and the Shadowfell is particularly thin I see any questions about death giants um, I wonder how much Pete Wentz knows about Death Giants and if he's writing Fallout Boy lyrics based off of them. <laughs> uh, you were absolutely on the money, needlessly edgy. Yeah, like, needlessly like edgy. So edgy. Like, so ridiculous. Yeah, and some of this stuff is just yikes. This yeah. is not, they're just, it, this is just Shadowfell stuff, but bigger. But bigger and badder. <laughs> bigger yeah. and badder. Yeah. I like the Soul Cloud. That's fun. Yeah, me That's too. A fun thing. Me too. These things are fucking powerful too. Like in the fourth edition stat blocks, like the, you're not supposed to fight these things until you're like in the early 20s, uh, late to mid 20s, because fourth edition goes to level 30. I was so confused right yeah. now. I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> fucking so, fourth edition. Yeah. How dare you go beyond 20? <laughs> you know the level cap. That's super. Is that an option for fifth yeah, edition you can to keep, increase you can, the level cap? Yes, you can. What? Yeah, you can keep leveling up, and instead of gaining uh, any more class features or stuff like that, you just get the HP gain, and um, there are boons that you could collect from gods and stuff like that. Boons. Yeah. Okay. But anyways. Wow. We're getting off topic, so I think it's ready for us to get ready for a long rest. long rest territory. All right. Let's go to it. Let's go to it. Welcome to the long rest, Will. Oh, hey, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Check these out. Uh, it's Slippies 2, the sequel to Slippies. Oh, yeah? What are these Slippies like? They're like probably when we whatever we did for the first Giants episode, but uh-huh. bigger. Oh, and more okay. more part two like. I thought one of them was going to have a cloud of wailing souls. And the other was going to be turned half to stone. But I'm into this too. Uh, yeah, no, this one, um, <laughs> this one's buff and swims. This one. Okay, uh, so we are doing that. <laughs> uh, no, but because you said that, we are. Uh, yeah, this one's buff and swims, and then this one is. It looks like it's got its dick out, but it's barely covered by a banana hammock. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. But no, that's good. That's, I mean, that's not good. That sucks. These, it's actually a centaur, uh, a centaur set of slippies. So okay. it's the one you said too, plus the mountain one. Sure. For, I said, covered the, five, I said the cloud we? of wailing souls. Yeah, yeah, that one. Okay, um, sure. What what D and D creatures got five feet? 
Um, a, we're leaving Mountain Giant out of there, and you know the slippy smells like shit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's jump. Let's jump into the 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 pertinent information of the long rest, which is that somebody won a contest. Who knows? We know. Yeah, someone <laughs> someone won. Two people won the contest. Two pe- different people. We don't ideally. know who they are now, but we will know by the time this episode airs. But unfortunately, because of the way time works, you guys are gonna have to wait a few episodes before we announce that here. Yeah, we're time travelers. Um, Apparently. If you didn't know. And it sucks. We never get the date. We're never near the date we want to talk about. I mean, no, it's fine with me. We're doing it. Um, uh, thanks to anybody. I forgot. I should have said this last episode. But, um, thanks to anybody who participated in the Discord contest that I impromptu threw on. It was a hand turkey drawing competition where you trace your hand. And then mm-hmm, the rules mm-hmm. were you can stylize your t- you can use any medium as long as you trace your hand and stylize that turkey. And I've seen a couple. Um, they were really good. Uh, and I threw mine up in there, too. But uh, lots of cool stuff in our Discord. Thank you to all our mods for keeping it uh, nice and tidy in there. Mm-hmm. And for doing cool stuff, like helping me throw an impromptu contest. That's really Absolutely. chill of you guys. <laughs> Somebody's going to win a Hero Forge Mini. I might just buy them a, um, a gift card so they can kind of go go ham, do whatever they oh, want. Oh, yeah. That'd be cool. um, but yeah, that we, we like to do stuff like that. Um, let's see. Do we want to talk about anything else? No, we, we should probably pump one of our shows, though, like yeah. Super Quest Saga or... Well, we usually pump Super Quest Saga like halfway through these. Oh, uh, okay. So, all right, all right. But do check out, check, since we brought <laughs> it up, check out our, our 5e uh, sci-fi space game, Super Quest Saga. It's culminating. It's becoming uh, it's becoming the end game. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. Um, we're, we're, we're getting to the end of this campaign, and um, I know me and uh, your special guest, Jake, and friend of the show, Josh Freeland, have a really great time um, playing this game. And well, we're going to be sad when it ends, but we're going to do something after. But it's that's a long ways off still. Yeah. Um, but we are getting into like end game stuff and it's been yeah, a lot of fun. We've definitely reached the final third of the show. Yeah. So check out Super Quest Saga. It's a podcast. It's mainly on. We, we made it for YouTube, but it made it a podcast also. Yeah. Which absolutely. is like the opposite of this show, which is we made a podcast <laughs> and then made <laughs> it for YouTube. That's true. Uh, but yeah, please go check that out. Um, that would be awesome for you to help uh, help support the show. We, we drop episodes every two weeks. Uh, it's uh, we premiere them actually on Tuesdays, so every other Tuesday. And if you want to get on Pacific Coast time, 7 p.m., you can watch it uh, air for the first time with a chat room full of like usually like 40 people or so. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's a lot of fun. It we, is we, a lot of fun. We have a great time. Um, like if even if I I usually try to watch it live with everybody so I can see people's reactions because that's awesome and gratifying. Yeah. But uh, I'll go check out the thread after the fact. You can go and check out the chat afterwards, and that's that's always really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to support us, you can do so by spreading uh, the word about the Dungeon Cast or Super Quest Saga or any of our shows. Super Quest Saga. Super Quest Saga. Um, you can also uh, support us monthly on Patreon. Or, you know, whatever else you can find out there to help support us if you want to do that. Um, you know, share us on social media, that sort of thing. But you can find Will on Twitter at the Dungeon Cast. You can find me on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And if you guys have any good ideas for TikToks for us to make, let me know. <laughs> yeah, sure. Just trying to get on TikTok and it's fucking I'm I'm a little I'm a little past I'm a little past the age group the TikTok targets. But you know, content creators on TikToks have no boundary, it seems. Oh, I see. I yeah, see what you're like, There's an old lady on there making cooking shit and she's funny. Yeah, that's cool. cool. Uh, Yeah, whatever. Uh, So that's it. All right. (laughs) We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.